Hello, and welcome to another episode of Sim Sundays. I think this is now our 19th episode, although when I listen to these back, we're definitely going to be like, it's our 17th episode, it's our 16th, welcome to our 20th, and now it's our 15th episode. It's about 18. It's 18 or 19, I'm sure. I'm sure Chris will correct me. Talking of Chris, Chris is sadly not with us. He is feeling a little bit under the weather, so... I'm riding solo from a presenter's point of view because I am tonight joined by Florian Hasper, CEO of VCO. Welcome, Florian. Hi, Tom. Welcome. Uh, thanks for having me on your show, and uh, it's a big, ple big pleasure to be here. Well, I'm, I'm glad you're with us. I've uh, I've been looking at your um, your esteemed history in the esports and sim racing uh, space. Uh, today, and one of the things that I noticed that you have on a couple of your profiles is that is the phrase "work and play," and you've kind of been on brand tonight because as we've been kind of setting up the tech, you've also been watching. I think some of your teams play. Is it is it Rocket League tonight? Absolutely. Yeah, we're in the middle of it, and this is so I have to have a look at the Twitch stream from now and then because it's it's ultra important for us today and yeah i mean work and play this is this is what we are doing i would say and uh, uh playing i mean sim racers don't like the term playing i would say i mean it's a simulation at all to be honest i i see it as a game but i'm fully aware of the simulation mm -hmm. side of it but in the end it's it's a game that turns into into let's say passion or dedication or uh, professionalism to a certain degree and so game is nothing derogative i would say i don't know if the term is right but it's a uh, this is what it is or it's a simulation but be it Rocket League, be it sim racing, um, my heart beats for all of this. And if our team, you know, the BS Competition Squad, competes in any of these uh, disciplines, then, you know, I'm over the moon and I'm just uh, uh, nervous like hell, I would say. Nice. Well, let's not get the show cancelled straight away by saying that sim racing is a game. <laughs> but no, no, no. You are, you are living the dream, right? If you, if you work in esports and you're spending your Sunday evening working in inverted commas but that working is watching esports then you've done something right well yeah and if you had told me this three years ago i wouldn't have understood any any of the message i would say yeah? because uh, and uh, to be serious i mean you know uh, racing simulations i mean i come from real world motor racing so i know the the real deal uh, i would say and then i got into into sim racing and uh, um, uh, i don't know I'm, I'm i'm still as passionate as on day one or i must say on day one i didn't get the whole scene and landscape so i was a uh, total noob with my whole team and uh, i've when we organized the first events i mean it was just awful yeah I didn't even know that you could use customized liveries and uh, and it was all a big mess. Um, and then, yeah, we tried to learn at rocket speed and, uh, and uh, yeah, and we, we just do things, you know. It's no master plan, I would say, behind it. It's not the big business that is... That is in my mind, you know, or in uh, in in uh, on our minds, it's it's rather the passion for the for the work that we do, and uh, to develop everything further, or to help develop sim racing further, and to bring in new aspects and innovations, and do something that we really like, and um, maybe to connect to the past. I mean, in motor racing, you know, I'm just just i mean this is my day-to-day -day job this is where we earn our money yeah this is what we mm. as an agency do every day so we have great customers and we are really uh, have a have a nice record there over the past decades i must say but uh, but there you only write about what's happening you know and we are communicating it we're doing social media and all this but then since we started with vco and also with BS competition on the on the on the team side it was a different affair it was like becoming a part of it really and to influence things and to, and to have the emotions that, well, if you win or lose and so on. And it's a bit different than, you know, uh, working with a, with a customer and also being, let's say, part of the whole team and all of the crew. But this time, or with VCO and with BS Competition, it's our stuff that we do here. And uh, so it's a complete new level of being involved, yeah. I mean, right? There's, there's, there's a lot to unpack there. <laughs> it sounds like there is a, there is a lot going on in in your world with uh, BS competition and VCO. But you said earlier, you said three years ago, you would never have guessed that this is what would be happening and this would be your world. Why not? What were you doing three years ago? 
Yeah, I mean, as I've said, we are um, Burazut Plus is a is a PR and marketing agency in Munich, and we have done this. We have set up the company in 2012. Uh, before that, I was working as a as a as a motor racing journalist. This is what, where I, where I started, and then I did PR and marketing stuff. And uh, so so I've been traveling to racetracks all my life, I would say. And uh, um, yeah, this was what we did. Yeah, and but to be honest, there sim racing wasn't that big. So um, oh well, it was big, but it was a bit different than you know how it developed over the past three years. So, uh, in retrospect, I sometimes wonder why haven't I really looked at sim racing earlier? Because it it was so similar to real world motor racing and so many cool things you could do with it and 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 experience with it. Um, yeah, and then it started, you know, and then I. Uh, then through our day-to-day -day job, uh, we got into sim racing because BMW, our big customer in the real world, I would say, mm. uh, or partner, I must say, uh, really asked us, what can we do in sim racing? And so we started looking into the scene and uh, thinking about it uh, more closely. And then it went step by step from, from them. So in the real world, motor racing, DTM, WTCC, Formula One in the old days, you know, with BMW Williams and, and then BMW Sauber. So done a lot of things. And uh, so we so we had some, let's say, experience already. And this is also the start of the sim racing story because we just took some of this these experience and uh, tried to use them for sim racing, which no one else had done mm. at that time. Yeah, It's kind of a unique path into sim racing actually because we've had a, had a lot of guests on and they've all told us their stories of how they found sim racing and how they got into it but this is definitely the first case of um you know you're working in in media essentially in marketing and you had a motorsports or automotive client who then asked you how would you recommend we use sim racing to our advantage now clearly you probably went off and, and did a load of research about what sim racing is and how it can benefit the brands what were the what were the major major selling points that you gave to BMW what was it that you said to them that was like this is sim racing and this is why you should get into it because you're going to get this i think that that everything was new at that time and not so many other brands were in there i think porsche was was already doing things and uh, and 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 had a good reputation and and their tournaments or, or championships going and so on so uh, but apart from that no other manufacturer was really involved so basically we could start from scratch and this is something which i was not used to you know i think uh, yeah. the, uh, everywhere there's there are racing series there are organizers there are competitors there's a certain framework uh, that you need to obey to and suddenly in sim racing you could just create things yeah you could start and create the framework and come up with a with a with your own idea of a race format or of a competition or then see okay uh, how do you organize everything and so on so i think this starting from scratch was something that really got us uh, onto it and uh, um, and bmw was very open to it, I must say, um, uh, and still still are to this date. Many other ma manufacturers as well, which is great to see that uh, everyone has really raised their game, I must say, and um, so it's um, it's really great to see this involvement of the manufacturers. Although I must say, and now I always have to be careful of the roles, you know, uh, that I'm that I'm playing here uh, from a VCO standpoint. I think it's also important to be or to use or to develop sim racing to um, also to be independent to a certain degree so i wouldn't mm -hmm. rely solely on manufacturers or on real world motor racing series and uh, this is a bit the spirit of vco that we really um that we really try to build something which survives next to everything that's going on like like the real world series that then also do esports series which is great for sim racing but i think there's room for a different layer as well which is independent maybe it's the wrong term um, but uh, different and maybe rather looking at esports and not so much at copying motor racing and uh, so this is how how vco came about him so vco came about from essentially a, a gap that you found when you were taking bs competition into the world of sim racing and you thought everyone's doing this in a very similar way there's room to be creative here so so that's why you created vco yeah, absolutely. And also not just being creative, but also being a bit boring to a certain degree, because I, I couldn't see things that we were doing in the real world, uh, or I identified things that were not yet there in sim racing. So starting with 
boring stuff like press releases. You know, how, mm. how does media, if there is any, uh, and they want to get informed about sim racing, uh, uh, how, how do they do it? Are there, uh, how can you keep up what, with what it's happening? And uh, uh, who takes pictures of events, videos, content? Who provides this content and in which fashion? So we, we really started something new there and adding the component i would say that uh, that we knew that we would need to build our own channels first like drawing attention to vco and then showing okay this is on our channels we can show how we would promote sim racing and um this was very important so we started to build twitter and instagram and all that um uh, quite quite intensely and uh, yeah so all the ingredients that we do for customers in the real world we applied on ourselves yeah and uh, um, this was the first time by the way that we did that because normally we are not good at self-promotion or all these things like other agencies but this was a completely mm. different character that we then started not playing not pretending but this was a new facet of our of our work and so uh, so this was the was the initial step to do things that we did in the real world or had done already um, and just see how it how it works and was it always well received or, or, or was there ever any kind of uh, resistance to bringing the real world way of doing things into the sim racing world really good question i, I think uh, we were we still are very careful and i'm uh, i never wanted to um, let's say uh, make people get the impression that we show up and now we show people how to do it because we really didn't know how to do it in this landscape or in this environment but we just could do what we could do so we only mm -hmm. uh, used our work uh, workforce and our ideas that we had and um, and i think it's essential for organizers or organizations that that you do stuff with the community and not um, not on top of it you know not like mm -hmm. thinking okay here we are we have prize money so everyone needs to like us i'm fully aware of the vulnerability of, of our Uh, doings and if we get things wrong then we have to tell people that we understand we got them wrong and so on and this is part of the philosophy we don't we don't want to be praised for being the greatest on earth we just want to have fun with the people that are competing in the series and that are working with us and uh, and this is what i always say we are learning every day and we are not we are way from being perfect and a lot of things go wrong but then we try to improve them for for next time and really keep the whole product that we create together with the community alive and 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 developing yeah? and i think this is a quite quite nice attitude right because you know sim racing series they're still relatively infant right they're still a new concept but actually i think what people work out very very quickly when they start creating their own esports series and specifically sim racing is that there's a whole ecosystem around it so you were saying earlier about you know custom liveries but as well as custom liveries you have commentators you have broadcasters you you, you know you even have uh, engineers you certainly have stewards sometimes live stewards sometimes post stewards so to kind of wander into that world to then try and set up competitions with all of these moving parts and expected to be you know at a at a kind of flawless level straight away is uh, it's, it's quite a high demand but I, i think it's a it's a demand that a lot of sim racers a lot of gamers they kind of expect straight away and and you know you you, you get something wrong you're gonna you're gonna hear about it right what's what's been your biggest challenge in running events i mean it's it's exactly what you say i think the the biggest challenge is to keep a good let's say, atmosphere within the community that you are doing this event with. I mean, this is this is my main goal all the time. And sometimes it's so hard because we have to be awake 24 hours. You know what I mean? Then something happens yeah, yeah, and, the, yeah. and, the, and the Discord goes wild and so on. Uh, or you Usually do completely not your fault, right? As in oh. some, so somebody in P18 punts off somebody in P16 <laughs> and all of a sudden it's like, oh, VCO, what are you doing? Come VCO, on. <laughs> this, is, this is a shame what you're doing and so on. So uh, <laughs> I, I think these things happen and, and they are allowed to happen. And, uh, and I fully understand because these are the moments often when I, when you see that everyone who is doing the competitions they are competitors, uh, they are they are fighters, they want to win, and this is a good thing in the end. So I and this is by the way there it helps that I know the real world motor racing scene because this is what what happens there every day as well. So if you talk to a driver who is a who is a nice guy and then uh, he messes up turn one or he gets hit, then then the rest or the next three hours are gone. You know you cannot mm. cannot talk to him properly, and uh, <laughs> I think that this is the same with with 
with sim racers and team managers and all the all of them. I mean, sometimes I would wish, okay, guys, let's let's do, uh, stay calm, you know, and don't <laughs> don't fight and and don't waste yeah. energy. I would say, but uh, no, this is this is totally obvious. I think the biggest challenge is to. As there are so many things going on and you can get so much wrong, you know, because mm. I'm not an expert on every platform. And for uh, Esports Racing League, for instance, we do on, on, on three platforms like iRacing, R-Factor and, uh, and, and ACC. And, um, and then, you know, you just get one thing wrong, which is a very detailed information and you, and you didn't consider it or th think it through. Then, then the guys have have all the right to be critical and say, okay, next time, please, uh, please look at these things. And so, we are forced to be rapid learners and to really do everything right. And if we get it wrong, we are forced to say we got mm. it wrong, and um, now we take the blame for two hours. Yeah? I suppose you have a nice advantage in the sense that you are competitors as well as competition organizers, right? So, so as BS competition, you might go to other people's races or other people's. So for, so for example, ADAC. So we're, we're racing. Um, so Gridfinder has a team racing uh, in the ADAC series and we're going up, up to Sim Expo and you guys are too. And obviously, as you go through that process, you, you pick out points which are really, really great that they're getting really uh, done really well. And then there's other things we think, oh, you know, they, that could be better. So I suppose as a competition organizer and a competitor, you can almost learn from other people's mistakes to an extent. Yes, yeah, absolutely. And uh, uh, on the other hand, it's a big challenge because we we have to and we and we want to be completely, let's say, neutral towards the mm -hmm. other organization, which is obvious. Um, I would say that the BS competition guys are, let's say, sometimes they get information slower than other teams, you know, because we are oh, okay. we are just being careful, yeah. And uh, uh, you know, like in the ERL, ERL, we have track votes, and so which tracks go 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 mm -hmm. into the vote on Tuesdays, and and then there are other teams at the beginning said, okay, why did the BS guys practice already? I said, no, why should I? You know, and <laughs> <laughs> these are these are things that uh, that we have to be very careful about, and which we are. Uh, and on the let's say business side, we this 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 helps to look into more series in detail, but not consciously like we want to spy them. But it's just as it is, yeah. And so you can really see what works well and what what is a bit tricky. And um, and it's also nice to have. Uh, yeah, access to a cool group of drivers that you can ask about certain things, you know, and uh, and then you can really try to not make mistakes that maybe others would do who don't talk to drivers. And uh, but we also have team manager meetings in with the ERL, so we also definitely want to not just rely on BS competition, which would be uh, a problem. So we really want to talk to many people or as many people as possible, and then try to improve as a joint group. Yeah? And this is. This is a challenge, but but I think this is the only way it can be because otherwise you are this this organization that thinks you do it right or, or you mm -hmm. that thinks it does everything right, and this yeah. is uh, not the right way. Right, exactly. There's the um, the phrase that I absolutely love, which is uh, a rising tide raises all boats. Right, so it's sim racing is growing. There's more and more races happening. There's more and more communities. Um, out there and there's more and more uh, big companies getting into sim racing right so not just the automotive companies but even hardware manufacturers so the sim racing space is growing rapidly and that's going to be great for everyone so there's space although it feels like a busy place at the moment I think give it five years time when sim racing has boomed in the way that we all would expect it to it's actually it's actually not going to be so so crowded right you've got some big players doing a lot of learning at the moment that are going to you know they, that's that's going to pay off in a few years time when they become the the leaders in whatever it is they're they're doing and it it's i i found it really interesting that you have the the esports team and the 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 competition organization which which has been the most challenging um both <laughs> you know it's uh, <laughs> it's it's really hard to say i mean if you look at the team side and the way we do it i think it would be easy if we would consider ourselves as an as a sim racing team you know we are the sim racing is our core and this is also different compared to other esports teams i would say yeah it's like uh, if, if you look at g2 or Fnatic, none of them comes yeah. from sim racing you know they are doing league of legends and if if everything's running perfectly they maybe do a sim racing division and they and they have certain drivers yeah which is which is nice then but uh, there's none of the big teams that is really let's say behind it yeah and we wanted to well we are far from 
being a G2 or a fanatic. This is not the question. But we are looking at them and seeing, okay, how do they do it and how do they communicate and uh, how much do they dare when they when they are when they are tweeting and so on. Is it mm -hmm. always this nice, wonderful race preview graphic? Yeah, is it or can't yeah, it be yeah. just a just a one-word tweet? Yeah, and things like that. So it's also about learning the language of esports and and applying it. And uh, and we are we we are not finished. Yeah, this is still and we are sometimes we also quite con never con finished. Never finished but quite conventional but um, but this is a big challenge to bring in then rocket league players you know who are to a certain degree on a, on a different level already because they can ask uh, higher prices maybe yeah they, they can yeah. they can ask for salaries and so on so we so we look hopefully into the future of sim racing by dealing with these things you know like uh, having proper contracts uh, uh, and so on and what happens if another team during a contract once a driver so how, how do you deal with it and um, uh, if this happens in Rocket League then this is a major thing yeah, where you have yeah, a yeah, transfer course. fee and, uh, and things like that so I think this helps us to, to learn a lot and we also do Trackmania and I don't know, Gran Turismo and things like that so it's really widening our horizon and, but it's difficult to manage as well because you never know when to stop yeah i could also hire or look at having 35 drivers but you say okay what what do we want to do and what is yeah. our what do we want to achieve do we do we want to win i racing special events all the time do we have to do porsche super cup as a bmw team so things like that um, um so it's a it's a moving target yeah and vco also challenging obviously because of the higher even higher financial impact yeah because we are we are funding prize monies we are mm -hmm. we are let's say taking money from the the agencies in that we are as well that earn money by yeah doing jobs and so on and we invested in into our competitions and uh, and into the organization so when do we stop with this and what is still sensible and when 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 and how do you get proper partners on board that are also part of this mission so this is this is uh, also a big challenge yeah so there are challenges all around but the big thing that keeps us going is the is the belief in the in this discipline and in the topic and in the people and in the yeah into this boom that I think wasn't there yet I think it will mm. come yeah uh, well I was just uh, about to ask you about that because yeah, you said something yeah. interesting a second ago you said um, that you've got teams that are competing in Rocket League and that's interesting because Rocket League is a few years ahead arguably maybe five possibly even mm -hmm. uh, well it's not I don't think it's been out 10 years yet but you know it's, it's a good few years ahead of sim racing right there's huge prize pools there's millions and millions of players far far bigger than sim racing so do you you believe that sim racing is is going to end up um the same sort of scale as as rocket league uh, difficult. Uh, it's it. It would be my dream if it happened. Um, I think it's a completely different situation with having different owners of the games or of the simulations. Mm. So it's not like this one one title or this yeah. uh, one riot that does a game and then you know you can just distribute it and just make it big or try to make it big. So it's much more difficult. Um, uh, I th I think things. I mean, there are things going on as well. I mean, if you look at Rennsport and so on, the the, yeah. the new new simulation coming up, maybe they they do it differently, or maybe they have the potential with uh, working together with ESL and so on to have a more have a bigger punch or a, maybe like clearer a vision. focus. Yes, yeah, yeah uh, being more focused. And uh, and if you look at the esports side, then one of these simulations need or really needs to decide we want to be the the one for, mm -hmm. the one for uh, for esports because i think it won't work that you that we dream of a future where there is a huge R well it happens at the moment r factor 2 has a big event with uh, with the virtual Le Mans series and the pro yeah. series and so on but I'm 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 talking about events that are not backed by a real world motor racing series. Mm. Yeah, I think this is we really have to make the separation. So there are big have things that independence. but Yeah, yeah, exactly, but out of the simulation itself can the simulation be the the esport and uh, and the let's see the sender of of the esport uh, mission or, or uh, message yeah and I think uh, this is a bit difficult in sim racing this is one of the challenges that we have and maybe well this is also one of the reasons why we try to organize the esports racing league a bit differently and say okay you have to be strong on our factor you have to be strong on ACC and I racing but the but the combination of all the three things is the esports racing league. So uh, we wanted to break free a bit from this. Okay, there's a new big thing on i racing or a new big thing on ACC. I yeah. think the, yeah. the the idea behind it was to show 
esports racing. This is why we call it esports racing in the sense um, with a clear vision to to make the new format a star and not the individual, let's say, platforms in right. the sense that they would do it. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose all the titles are having to strike a balance, aren't they? Because the way they see it at the moment, they're not going to get the hundreds of thousands of downloads if they go specifically for the very dedicated sim racing esports level customers. So they have to they have to have a balance of of um, you know proper proper physics simulation, good good um, online uh, multiplayer lobby settings and, and, and options, but also they need to throw in a, a single player campaign because you know the casual players who aren't going to want to go and race online or don't think they're going to be good enough to race online, they need to be able to enjoy the game uh, in the same way, right? So I, I think it'd be interesting to see what Rensport does, and it'd be interesting to see if they try and seize that kind of eSports ground because everyone has, I think, poked at it but not fully committed and put their, put their flag, um, put their flag in, in kind of the eSports pool. But the, um, the other thing that I think not... Is potentially holding sim racing back a little bit is the barrier to entry. So if you want to go and play Rocket League, all you need yeah. is a mouse and keyboard or a controller, right? If you play on PlayStation or Xbox. Yeah. If you want to sim race, to I think to get as much out of it as the other players, you need to have a wheel and pedals, which is yeah. automatically, you know, two, three hundred euros yeah. at least for a desk mounted set with pedals. Do you yeah. think that has a big impact? Definitely. In the in the in the um, landscape as it has been or is, it's it there's a big impact, yeah. And I think there's there's no real way to to jump uh, or to or to start differently. I mean, yeah, you can do maybe Gran Turismo and then you can work uh, uh, work your way up and so on, and then and then suddenly you do i racing. But I think uh, here we are again. I don't know what what Rangeport does, yeah. But I mean, if the simulation uh, uh, is also, let's say console uh, compatible and so on and then you start there and then you say okay if I want to play with the big guys then I have to have this this wheel now and then you buy the wheel and then um, I think this is also or has largely to do with the, with the simulation or with the title itself yeah if you really want it to uh, to have a mass market for it or if you if you say okay my target group is is sim racers really and uh, and mm. uh, and most of them have let's say i racing r factor and maybe acc anyway all of them so it's not like how do people decide but i think the the interesting bit are the people that are that are not doing it at all yeah? and i i'm deeply convinced that um that the concept of racing, you know, like being quicker than the other guy, this is this is esports compatible. You know what I mean? This is yeah. this is a, this yeah. is a cool storyline, yeah. And uh, uh, but if it, I don't know if it always needs to be at Notch Life or always have to, you know, there there we can can discuss now. And I think yeah. there's it's a huge starting point. It's great to have the connection to motor racing because everyone understands it and knows it and so on. But what comes next? And maybe there, there's nothing that comes next. Then we stick where we are. Then this is sim racing. And we have to, but then we have to stop dreaming. You know, then we have to stop. The, oh, there's the boom and everything is happening. Uh, then I think you are pretty much simulating the real world. And to be honest, motorsport is not growing either. So, or hasn't grown, uh, um, rather going down apart from F1 maybe. So uh, then we are part, on, part of this ship, you know. But I think there is a chance to to um, yeah, position sim racing as something independent which can rise. And um, this is where we are at the moment. I think it's a transition phase. Yeah, no, I, um, I completely agree. Um, I noticed on your, your, kind of your, your CV, you, had, um, you were motor racing and F1 editor at Sport 1 and then chief editor at Sport Media Service and then chief editor, obviously, Burrisa. So you've got a really strong media background that you've now brought into to eSports. So esports generally, and then then we'll chat about sim racing. Who's doing media and marketing well in the in the esports space? Who do you look at and think, yeah, they've got it right? Oh, it's a difficult one, and and it's uh, it's again multifaceted. I would say. I think the real world series they are learning, yeah, and they have people in place. If I look at what virtual amont, uh, what they do on social media, it's getting. Better and well, better in the sense of esports. You know, I think it's really good in the terms of mm. how you do motor racing communication. This is not the point, but I think you you need to look at esports and uh, do you dare to do memes and do you dare to be pro provoking you know provoking people and drivers and uh, things mm -hmm. like that. So I think this is what I call or what I would call 
they are doing it well, yeah. And I think yeah, b- people like them are are developing into this direction. Then you have certain teams. I mean, there are there are teams out there that are that are maybe not not the best competitors or not always winning races, but they but they are creating entertaining content all the time and this is what i really like i mean if you look at pgz for instance i mean i some guys of the team don't like me because they think that i pay bop for uh, for our team all the time um <laughs> but uh, but what they are doing is just fun you know or there was a team that competed in our infinity event uh, was cooking uh, and they are just having a good time and they are putting content out which are or which which should be the role model for many others that are still not there yet i would say yeah and this is coming yeah. from the community from people who who know sim racing and then they have understood okay uh, we need to be entertaining and not taking ourselves too serious and this is the real hard bit i mean everyone everyone can put out a p5 graphic and then uh, gets 10 likes uh, for the tweet so it's rather to dare something and to do something new and to really be and this is much more let's say exhausting because you always have to be on it and you just cannot plan communication let's say for the next six months because it it, you you need to see the trends and have good ideas and then um, and then do it i think everyone to to sum it up i think the big manufacturers they are developing in the right direction to a certain Mm. degree uh, but there's a lot of room uh, for improvement if you don't want to just copy the motor racing world. Now I have to say something or add something. I think it's rather the other way around in certain areas. If you look at Turner Motorsport from the real world, they do a social media stuff that is, they do social media stuff that is esports like. You know what I mean? They are they are doing all the all the things that you need to do because the right people are behind it. And so um, so I think it goes vice versa. You know that also the motor racing teams do things differently slowly um but uh, learn from from modern communications and this is the the crucial bit everyone needs to be let's say on top of their game in the respective discipline they're in yeah i think it's 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 definitely this is a this is a trap that i think a lot of the sim racing teams fall into is that they try and be too much like real world teams right they try and they try and present themselves as if they are huge corporates and the irony is that if you look at like uh, if you look at the the Haas social media, or you look at McLaren's social media, they're tweeting each other, and they're kind of um, they're kind of, they kind of giving each other like you know the banter and 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 posting memes to each other, and they're doing the exact opposite of what you would expect them to do versus what you'd expect a sim racing team to do. Yeah. And I think I think you're absolutely right. I think um, I think sim racers do need to think more about the entertainment and less about the trying to look like a, a motorsport team because. If people wanted to watch what is coming across as a corporate motorsport team, then they would watch corporate exactly. motorsport teams. Right? This is so the thing. They, the the you thing can they do exist, it. and the you thing is, they're for Exactly. Exactly. So do you it. have to be. You have this. You have this beautiful opportunity to be far more creative. Now, the interesting thing is, right? If you look at um, the esports teams in, say, League of Legends, they have nothing to copy because there are no. Yep. Ma- magical fighters you know running around exactly. with, with power-ups and boosts that they're like oh okay we want to be like the i don't know random brand um the asda yeah. warriors or whatever like you know they can just yeah. be whoever they want to be yeah and they can be fun with it and sim racers can also do the same thing yes yeah exactly and they uh, and this is why sometimes I say that motor racing is a burden for sim racing because you have so much to look at and you also as an as an organizer you can look at how how does it look in Formula One or somewhere else or um, and it's always the best if you just do it as you as you think it's right and then you and then you do it of course you can get inspirations and see okay this works well and this doesn't work but just copying communication is awful you know and it's boring and it's not really mm. okay you can promote the content we've also done it to build the channels yeah not buying bots but uh, but doing adverts yeah this is fair enough and so uh, <laughs> um it's, what is it a uh, thunderstorm coming up <laughs> um My- uh, my lights in the office just turned off, and yeah, I just went. Yeah. I was plunged into darkness. So, <laughs> sorry, Spotify listeners, you didn't no, get to no, see that. No, all good. <laughs> no, but um, but as you said, uh, stop copying and do your own thing. And this is this is what I what you can see on their channels. On the some teams do it, others are, you know, and and it's not like being. 
that you need a five-person graphic team for that. Yeah, it it also works with um, with simple things, and this is also good because with some of our customer jobs, we 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 see how esports also can work. And uh, the most successful tweets are when you, I don't know, when you post a dot, yeah, or the name of a cool player or a driver mm-hmm. or whatever. So uh, it's not necessarily always this polished. Yeah let's say communication stuff but the but the creativity behind it and we are again i'm not saying we are doing it right we have so much room for improvement on both the vco and the bs plus side but at least it's good that you realize it and try to work yeah. on it it's difficult isn't it because you know every uh, organization that that's growing needs to focus on its social media and so it, when i first started gridfinder i found it really tough because at the beginning when gridfinder was, was just a bit of a hobby i mean kind of still is a bit of a hobby but um, you know, in a good way, um, I would do my own social media. But then as it grew and it grew and it grew and, and the workload became more and I was talking to more people and then it became a business and blah, 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 blah. Um, the social media is the thing that always kind of got kicked down to the bottom of the to-do list and yeah. I realized, oh, I haven't posted anything in two or three weeks. So now we have a great uh, social media team. And it's interesting when we think about what we want to post, we've had this discussion about how far ahead do we plan and I like to try and say, let's plan ahead a couple of weeks. But it's difficult to plan personality. And personality is exactly what you need, right? You need to show that we are, that, that behind the, the account are people who love what your followers are there to, to witness. And if yeah. you try and plan it too much and you try and be too methodical, I think people see straight through it. Absolutely. Uh, and I mean, you are, you are saying a lot of things that, um, uh, that I can just, you know, uh, check. Yeah, it's, it's like... I think social media accounts need a character. So and mm. and and the character. I mean, if you have got a really, let's say, experienced team of people that share the same mindset and they use the same language, then I think this can work. That multiple people work on a on a on on social media accounts. I think for the size of our organizations and also VCO and so on, it's important. Well, you you have to deal with fewer people. Yeah, it's not like mm. BMW or Porsche who have a an agency of fifty people who are taking care of the of the of the brand channels and so on um but maybe these channels are lacking character then because there's no one who really infuses the character and i think this is our our huge chance that you see okay this channel is basically a guy or a girl or a or a man you know and you have and mm-hmm. you understand this guy and and um, and you can rely on this guy and sometimes this guy surprises you and i think this is the job that social media channels need to do for organizations of our level yeah because uh, um, and this is the hard bit because people need to sleep people cannot be awake 24 hours and watch the thing then you have to work in the real world and th- exactly uh, this is the challenge but um, but it's so worthy to invest in this and to take the time to do it because this is what I think drives your company or your business or your topic further and not mm. not this next business email or the 55th business this is also important <laughs> yeah, yeah. but take this one hour to be the character to your social media channels I think this is important no, I completely agree, and it's um, one of the places that I look for for ins- look at for inspiration is the leagues. So sim racing leagues, especially the smaller ones. You know, the smaller leagues that might have thirty to fifty people in it, and they race once on a Friday. There's two divisions, and they all race on Xbox. Some of the content that they put out is hilarious. It's really, really funny. It's really tongue in cheek. It's memes. They're not taking themselves too seriously, and it's really entertaining to watch. And I almost become more invested in those drivers who are, are probably, you know, not in the top 10, 15, 20% in terms of pace. If you compare it to like the, if I'm thinking Formula One at the moment, if, if you compare it to say PSGL or yep. WOR, but I would far rather watch their journey as I'm kind of flicking through and seeing what's going on in the world of sim racing, as opposed to, you know, the the the, the pro esports level guys who I think maybe get a little kind of put in a cage almost by their, their PR teams. We've had... Um, and I'm only using uh, Alpine as, as an example because we had them on the show. I'm not saying they do do this, but I know that they have huge organizations around their drivers and the drivers have you know, um, physical training, they have driver training, they have um, telemetry training, they, do, like, they have neural trackers, they have technology experts who come in and look at glasses and make sure that they don't get eye fatigue while they're racing. Um, but they also get a lot of PR training and social media training. And I wonder if it's almost stifling Whereas when you when you kind of come down the order a little bit to the kind of the semi 
pros yep. brackets, probably definitely amateurs and completely unpaid, then you tend to get a bit more interesting content. And it would be nice to see that in whatever becomes the central place for sim racing, whatever, if it's wrench sport or I don't know, maybe it's going to become my racing, wherever it is, it would be nice to see a bit of personality behind the drivers because it's going to be a long time until Netflix does Drive to Survive for an iRacing top split, right? So you're never going to get that real deep insight into the personalities. So the onus is on the drivers and their use of social media. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I think many things that are happening out there, they are they are too much for where we are at the moment. I think it's, again, a thing of let's say what you want to be and where you where you want to be with sim racing and so you take things that people do in the real world all the training stuff and so on which is great yeah obviously it's great for the for the drivers that that get this sort of training but um uh, but this cannot be and and is not by any means let's say an example for what's happening in sim racing i think this is something this is another new bubble which is happening there and then you even have an esports top level bubble which is mm. which is again yeah. somewhere else without the, those trainings and so on and this is again um, um if i if i look at BS competition again i mean we are we don't have full time sim racers and and uh, and we are one of the big teams to a certain degree so but we cannot afford to have full time uh, sim racers uh, uh, doing all this and uh, so it's so i think it's just a it's a it's a big challenge here also to not get carried away and see uh, think that you need to have all this otherwise you're not a professional team i think you can be very professional by using what is there the the passion of 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 drivers that want to devote their time their free time mm. to this topic and it's still a lot of time that comes out of it you know it's not it's like 24 hours a day but it's a huge amount and so everything that we pay to people or to drivers is just a symbolic thing in the end it's we 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 cannot pay them every hour that they will need to invest if they want to win a race if they don't win a race we won't fire them or kill them but then they haven't <laughs> won a race so this just is the thing you know, it's, to know. this is this is this is something so uh so this is just um i think it's great that there are those teams that can do all these things and also with f1 esports and 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 all these but again i'm a bit let's say skeptical or critical about everything that is just connected to a, to a real world series and this mm. is again this transition thing is this the only way where you can or by by which you can become somebody in sim racing that you get involved into a real world connected thing and then it's either f1 or it's or it's um uh, f sro or uh, all the other series or yeah. is there a chance to create an esports stuff this is which would work without uh, a formula one or something is is it is there a chance that there's genuinely people getting interested in you winning the iRacing Petit Le Mans in top split because you've been the best of 6,000 people competing or, or whatever. Is this is there a chance to get an interest for this or not? And I'm not talking about the 200 people who are watching the streams and so on, but uh, can there be more to it? Again, this is never a criticism to the community that this is, you know, not mm. this is too small or whatever. No, the, the community doesn't have to care about all this. I mean, only... Um, only people who think, okay, can we turn this into a living? Can we make money from sim racing? Can I make money as a driver? Can I make money as a team owner? Can I make money in, as a VCO? Yeah, I mean, these are topics that come up because in the end you have to invest money and money needs to be a factor at a certain degree. But only getting money as a as a as a as a side spin or a spin off of a real world project, this won't. This won't last forever. Yeah, I think this is this is yeah. what I also learned about motor racing. You know, when you are in certain series, and then the manufact manufacturers, do, well, I don't want to blame manufacturers all the time, but uh, and then they don't <laughs> want to do the series anymore. They pull out, and then the series is dead. Yeah, I mean, this is this is has happened quite a few times. So, I think it's you cannot rely on anyone for the next ten years. So, where's the perspective on top of this? Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. I think <laughs> it's something I've always said is that. The the like for like that sim racing has with motorsport is a, is its blessing and its curse. It's its blessing for participation because everybody can get a slice of real world motorsport in their sim rig and they can experience something that is very real 
in a very real way with the technology that exists now. You know, with, with, with VR and direct drive, you get a very convincing experience. So that's the blessing of sim racing. You can one for one replicate yeah. it. Okay, one for 0.8 or, or whatever you want to call it. Um, but the, the curse is that that means that there is always a real world competitor to everything you do. Unless you're, unless you're talking about Wreckfest or Mario Kart yeah. or yeah. maybe to an extent Rocket League. Oh, it's not, it's, okay, right. It's definitely not sim racing. I'm not even going to suggest it is, but no. you know what I mean? Like, but as soon as you stray away from simulation, all of a sudden viewers come. Because you can't, in, in some ways, it's, 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 it's one or the other. And sim racing caters perfectly to participation. But I think for the same reason that I imagine very few people watch Farming Simulator because they could just go to their local farm and just watch the, the tractor going up and down, right? They would never but if do you're, it. But it, it's the same. It, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to look that up in a minute and I'm going to see that there's like a, a million people who follow Farming Simulator Twitch accounts and I'll eat my words. But um, you, you see what I mean? It's, it's the, that, that, that likeness, that simulation that it's almost its curse. Absolutely. I would fully agree, and uh, but I mean, you know, not like criticizing and so on. It's good, and this is the the two level thing. This is it's great that it's there. It's great that there is a that there is a basis and a foundation and potential sponsors and potential manufacturers and organizers. This is this is good. But the question is, do we have or I don't know? Does the community or does anybody have any vision to to use it as a foundation only and not as the end? You know, I think uh, of course you can say this is now the this is the landscape how it is now. We will have certain competitions, then they will all fight for the best dates of the year to compete to host their races. Then there is, the prize money hopefully goes up. Why should it? By the way, I mean if the if the if the reach and the audience, you know, if mm. does it also go up? Is there any relationship? Relationship. Yeah. So I think it's we are still in the middle of the in the in the middle of the exploration phase. Yeah, of the of the build up phase, and the build up phase is yeah. together with all stakeholders, and the stakeholders are manufacturers, real world series, esports teams, sim racing teams, drivers, organizers, me, you, whoever. Uh, yeah. I think we are. We are we are not finished yet, and this is now and this is a pers this is a thing of perspective, you know, where where you where you consider the industry to be in, and I always think we are at the very beginning, and and uh, and we really have to find mechanisms that allow people to survive from sim racing that are not backed mm. by BMW or by yeah. Porsche and so on. Yeah, I completely agree. Well, my, my I'm a I'm a strong believer um, in it's going to be the number of communities that are going to save sim racing because I, I I don't because you don't have the viewership I don't think it's going to be the big esports leagues the pro leagues that are going to be the savior of, of sim racing because I I'm not sure if the viewership will will be there except for F1 but then it's many F1 fans watching rather than sim racing fans watching right um, but for this for the reason I said earlier I believe participation is going to be the the savior of sim racing as in people wanting to get deeply deeply involved in it because the moment you start sim racing you've already made an investment you've made an yeah. investment in like yeah. in, in cash to buy to buy this kit right yeah. so automatically you're going to be more invested in your journey in something that you've you've gone out you've bought this equipment you've strapped it to your desk or your rig you've set it up i think it's going to be the communities the number of communities yeah. the small to medium-sized communities yeah. and what they can do and the journeys that they can create within their communities which is going to make sim racing grow hence Gridfinder, right? The whole reason that I did Gridfinder was to help the the communities, the small ones, grow and, and get recognised. Rather yeah. than starting from zero and tweeting out into the mm -hmm. abyss, they can put themselves in Gridfinder. That was the whole yeah. point. Um, and I believe that it's the small to medium sized communities that's going to um, carry the growth of, of sim racing. Mm -hmm. Fully agreed. And I think not to get me wrong here, sim racing will always survive. You know, it, it's it's not under threat by no, any, it's not. any we're, we're dark powers. A picture you know, here. <laughs> you know I, I think sim racing is fully fine and, and totally fine as it is and will survive and will grow with the communities fully agree. The question is, is there a is there an esports layer on top of it or not on top? This sounds wrong, but out of it, you know, that is developing yeah. out of sim racing, that is creating something similar than what we see with with, with much sillier games, I would say. Yeah. Mm. So uh, is there a chance for the racing 
for the concept of being quicker than the other guy to to attract a huge amount of people and of course then money comes into play yeah this is also because then you can reach a you could reach a certain yeah a level where you where brands or bigger brands get attracted and so on and then and the thing is it's it's not like that we want to take the money and then fly to Bahamas yeah, and make a nice vacation. It's like then to give it back or to use the money that someone else has invested maybe and really give it back to the community in the sense of maybe not even just prize money. It's always so this this cheap way. Yeah, Okay, then you increase mm. the prize money. Suddenly you, have a, you are more relevant. I think you could also become more relevant in terms of services, in terms of, um, um, again... <laughs> Uh, in terms of what do you offer to competitors and so on, and and uh, and it was interesting because we had a had a meeting also with the, with the team managers in in the ERL and they and uh, they said to a certain degree, okay, maybe you reduce the prize money if you help us getting to live events and so on. So um, there's this is something which is very important. It's not like also what we have to learn. When we say, okay, we want to organize a big event in February with with the f big final of the eSports Racing League. Um, uh, and then we thought, okay, all the teams clap their hands and say, yeah, hooray, we will come. Then, then it comes again this uh, into play that there are not so many full-time professionals. There are people going to school, going to work. Uh, mm. So it's not a given that on a Friday every everyone can easily fly into Germany because there's a silly event going on. So then how can we help them? Yeah, How can we, uh, do we maybe support with the hotel rooms, with the flights and so on? These are the questions that as an organizer you have to answer these days. And it's not just about Uh, opening the prize pot and then everyone comes. Okay, if you have enough money, and this is now the the other topic, if, um, if if there is a huge money pot on the table, yeah, then you can have a prize money, pay every flight of the of the attendance, and then have nice five star hotels. Okay, this is the this is a very very cool thing if it happens. Yeah, so um, let let's see if it happens. And um, but it's our task, I would say, to to really look for the opportunities. Is there this esports level in there? But mm. sim racing is totally, totally safe, yeah? I mean, uh, <laughs> on its own. Yeah, well, it's, you know, we're kind of going full circle now because in order to have the big uh, prize pools, you need sponsors and advertisers. And to have sponsors and advertisers, you need viewers. In order to have viewers, you need to have some kind of compelling on-screen action drama story for for people to to follow which is which is why i think you know you're, you're obviously in a, in a very good place to 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 bring that about with your kind of media background and what you're doing with 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 vco and what you're learning through um bs competition what's next for you what what are you gonna what, what's going to be the, the the headline for the next six months Oh, it's a good question again. I mean, you know, we are we are doing so many things. We are in a in a phase with VCO at the moment where we where we do more stuff, which is a bit dangerous. We have to be careful that we don't do too much stuff. Yeah, mm. so it needs to be sensible. But um, but I'm really looking forward to the cooperation with IMSA. Uh, and now now I understand. Now I'm aware of the of the fact that I was criticizing this real-world connection of sim racing, <laughs> and now I'm happy about the IMSA connection. Yeah, so got me. No, but um, to me, this was a hard uh, or a matter of heart because I think IMSA is sort of the natural partner of sim racing <laughs> to a certain degree because, you know, there are so many GT cars on iRacing and the big events and the LMP2s and the uh, prototypes. So uh, I think mm. it's just great that we get the chance to work with them to create a, this this series that we do this year hopefully next year something similar so this is something that i'm looking forward to we are planning another new series which we will announce at some point um uh, on a on a different platform so but always with the with this in mind i mean imsa will be a copy of imsa obviously yeah this is mm -hmm. uh, yeah. this is uh, this needs to be the case then but with the other thing that we do there or with the esports racing league we are we are doing or trying to do what i just explained that we do it differently and introduce new things and new new aspects yeah so this will be cool um apart from that yeah we are always 
having certain things in the pipeline and uh, yeah um, so it will be cool with the team with bees competition yeah we are uh, yeah sort of consolidating uh, everything at the moment trying to trying to use rocket league to get people interested in sim racing as well because um, uh, this is why we need to be successful there and I'm having a look at my phone from time to time um, yeah <laughs> so this is this is an interesting phase as well for bees competition because we have to really see okay what is the perfect future for the team how many how many competitions do you want to be a part of and so on there but the most important thing is the fifa tournament that we started internally now and it's good fun to play with the guys every every few days uh, so i mean it's a it's a good group of people yeah so a lot of things uh cooking yeah and um and let's see let's see what uh, 23 brings so in terms of your your sim racing team BS competition, how do you structure your your year? Do you do you have like a headline event that okay, this is the one that we're really pushing for, and then here's some ones that we can use for practice along the way, or do you just say yes to everything, or do you let the drivers choose? How do you how do you plan out your your schedule? Yeah, I mean, as we are connected to BMW, there are certain let's say must haves, yeah, where we say okay, we will we will compete in the iRacing special events and fly the flag with one car at least for BMW. Then there are things like Virtual Le Mans where we are entering with a car for BMW. So these are the BMW aspects. The cool thing about this um, is that they that they allow us to be independent also, so we can also use different cars for different competitions, which are not BMWs, yeah, which is which is cool. So it leaves wow, us. Wow, that's, that's generous, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, we are, we have certain things where we do it, and on and then we can also use a Porsche, maybe maybe even in the same race. Hopefully, we don't beat them. Then they might <laughs> give me a call. But you know, but it's um, this is a very nice way of cooperating because we can still find our own identity as a team and we are not like you know forced to uh, forced to use the same car every time on the other hand i'm always happy if we can manage to pull off a good result with a bmw when maybe others struggle uh, uh, with a bop and so on because it's our job to let bmw shine when we represent them yeah and the same goes for redline when they are representing bmw or g2 esports and so on so um yeah, but basically the the drivers have a have a lot to say uh, in terms of uh, what do you want to do on top of it or or on top of these activities. Um, but it's it's very natural, I would say. It's 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 not like that. There's a big a big meeting where we where we discuss what to do. It's rather like okay, here the field is looking strong. Uh, here we could be strong. So do we want to do it? The good thing mm. is that we have a very Let's say uh, uh, we have many drivers. Yeah, not too many, but uh, drivers enough that that there are always some guys who raise their hands and say, "Okay, yeah, I would be up for this." And then, and then it's quite quite natural. So we don't have to force anyone into any program because this is also important. As we well, as it's the case, what we said early on it's not full-time we don't pay full-time yeah. salaries where you can buy a nice car and a, and a flat and so on from this money so who would i be to tell them what to do and to uh, uh, where to let's say or how much time you devote to a certain race if they have the space or the capability to train then they will do it and this is the trust and the confidence that we have in the drivers and if then something happens in the real lives of the people then uh, then I don't care about P5 or P10, you know, and yeah. this is, I think, a very realistic approach. Yeah, 100%. That's, that's exactly the, the same way that we do it as well. We've got, mm-hmm. well, it, 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 our team grows, so I think we're 15 to 20 people now, and they're all incredibly dedicated, um, led by our team captain, Tristan, who's just just so insanely dedicated to the detail of the team the you know the the the, the training schedules that that people register for and the setups that he designs for each individual uh driver and all, all, all the different um events we do and it's you know it's it's for passion right there's it's you know they they love driving for grid finder well that they, they, they tell me they do um but you know the 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 big thing that we can give back this year is the sim racing expo so obviously we're going to the sim racing expo in nuremberg and they'll all be there and we've we've got them some some hoodies and obviously six of them will be driving for us at, at both of the competitions and it's going to be nice to to kind of meet up and, and share in this passion but it's like you say sim racing isn't at the stage yet where you can salary a driver unless unless it's f1 esports that seems to be getting it right but then going back to what you said earlier it's it's so it's only because it's so intrinsically linked to a real world series 
it would be a shame if they wouldn't get it right. I mean, if those drivers would need to drive <laughs> yeah. like, you know, like, okay, half time and uh, in my real life, I'm a, I'm a, uh, whatever, I'm a student or whatever. So, so yeah. And then you also have to include all these training sessions to justify the money involved. And I'm not jealous. I'm just saying this is cool. And, but this is not, you know, this is not sim racing to me. It's not, uh, it's not the, the, um, the overall goal that drivers can have to to make it there or maybe maybe yes maybe drivers can have it but i think it's not um yeah it's it's and this it's is a different the, world different world and this is the big challenge for sim racing because it has so many opportunities and it is so multifaceted that that sometimes you can lose um you can really lose the the focus yeah and uh, and i think but there's a lot of potential and i think it's yet there to be unlocked unlocked fully although a lot of things have happened already yeah, 100%. I think I think you're right. I think amongst this kind of melting pot of organizations and opportunities, something is going to to rise out of it and uh, the, and everything else will will follow. And it, and you know, we've said we've <laughs> we've said Rensport quite a lot um during this episode and I, I I think I think it's interesting that we keep coming back to to that. And and I think the reason that we keep coming back to it is it's because it seems to be placing itself in the esports realm where others haven't where no one else has dared to go right so so you, you know they've, they've taken that 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 kind of very uh that very daring step towards that area of sim racing that that no one else has has committed to but then you know we, we don't know what um kunos could be bringing out next year or, or potentially yeah. early the year after so there's definitely opportunity for other platforms to 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 kind of focus on the the esports world now something that i was interested in uh, kind of studying over the last 12 months is this trend of sim racers going into real world racing you see a lot of them like james baldwin for example going off and racing uh real cars and then we had uh actually our, our guest on the show last week um tom brower he was um uh an f1 esports driver for alpine alpine f1 ambassador and he was driving a real f1 car um a couple of weeks ago what do you think about that? Do you think that's good for sim racing or do you think it's a distraction? Do you think it misses the point? Oh, I mean, we are a team that has so many real world races on it. Yeah, it's like, um, but I, I don't see it naturally connected to each other. I think it's, it's, it's a different storyline. Now coming back to communication, I don't see it. I mean, I'm not talking for the drivers now, but from my angle, yeah, I think from a driver, driver's perspective, you you have a dream to become a real-world driver or to do cool real-world projects. Um, and then you do sim racing on top of it or next to it. And it's cool and you and you win races and you get sharp by, you know, fighting and so on, whatever. So this is great. Um, and I understand these drivers' dreams. Um, and I'm really happy for everyone in the team that does it or make it or does the Notch Life license or can do a VLN or NLS race and so on. This is amazing stuff. But from a team perspective, it doesn't really matter. Yes, we use it for communication because I also come from this world. It's great. But I think it, it's it's not the ultimate storyline. It's, it's, it's not the only storyline of sim racing to get people into uh, a real race car. I think... Um, I think due to the due to the fact that let's say FIA and so on they are all related to real world motor racing so if they get involved for instance or would get involved they would need to tell the story to a certain degree or there are the motorsport games uh, you know where you have uh, where you have combined combined competitions and this is all mm. nice but it's unnecessary from a from a sim racing point of view it is in the connection with motor racing it's a must and it's cool but uh, if this esports type of sim racing would be alive yet, then people would dream of the career to be on the on the stage uh, uh, with uh, forty thousand viewers or people in the stadium watching you drive your race there. Because then it, I think, gets interesting. Uh, maybe the maybe the goals change then. Yeah, and as a motor racer, you have to bring the money to the teams and the people. And as a as an esports uh, star, you get paid big time for what you do and uh, this is a different completely different ball game yeah do you think the um the olympics would make any difference to to sim racing you know they had the gran turismo uh, events going on at the olympics do you think that's 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 enough to bring it up no 
not, not <laughs> no i mean no again it's a fantastic thing great competition amazing for the drivers involved for the teams that have the drivers involved are the teams allowed to sh to show the driver no maybe not so are the teams then represented in this no because it's olympics so it's just a driver thing the drivers are happy that make it there and win it obviously but i mean talk to an olympic gold medalist in uh, in uh, i don't know skeleton uh, how much money they make from this they are no professionals either if you want they are not getting paid for being the best skeleton or bobsleigh rider in the world but they have to really find a way to fund themselves so this is I think this is not the not the ultimate dream of 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 professionalism. Yeah, yes, it's great from the competition side again, uh, and a unique experience. So I'm really pushing or or supporting this idea to to make esports or turn it into uh, Olympic disciplines. But this is not the this is not the end of the story. This is maybe a maybe a, a yeah intermediate step. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Now. <clears throat> You said to, in fact, you didn't say to me, you tweeted it earlier. You said that this is going to be, uh, if we race tonight, it would be your second ever race. Yes. That's I mean, <laughs> I'm not, I'm, I'm hardly fitting into this chair at the moment, uh, into the seat. So I'm not the, the, the model athlete in the sense to, to be a good racer. I don't know. I've, I love to play, to play yeah, PlayStation F1 when I was, I don't know, 25 and I did this. Uh, night in night out um, and obviously we we have a sim set up here uh, in the office so i can use it which is great but you know um, the drivers they are quick and uh, and they are supposed to do it and i'm i'm not quick and then to be honest i personally never really enjoyed it so much because well no maybe this would have changed if i would have done more races because whenever i was or when i did this it was a race of jimmy broadband you know like a charity thing and i was in oh, there yeah. Yeah. and then for the first time i had this idea of how it really is to drive against live people or online or real people and so on so i think this could kick me but uh, but if it does then i don't have i just don't have the time and it would disrupt my life even more then i would put this thing into my basement and my wife wouldn't <laughs> see me and my kids and so on so i think it's a bit like keeping myself uh, at at bay and uh, um so but i'm yeah but i'm fired up to to drive this wonderful Z4 GT3 today because I think this is one of the most amazing race cars ever and I've uh, we've done I've had so many success well not, not me personally but BMW won races with this car not so many or not uh, as many as they would have liked but it was just an amazing car and so um, it's a big pleasure maybe to try it out today although I will be snow like hell and spin and all of this. Florian, thank you very much for your time. Uh, we're going to leave our Spotify, Apple, Google podcast listeners uh, behind. But is there any? Uh, where can they find you online if they want to to follow you? Oh well, it's mainly Twitter, VCOFH, which is my esports character. I would say uh, where I'm active. I, I haven't tweeted uh, anything about my my boring life for uh, forty years, and then I started it because um, uh, I thought it's uh, it's it's nice. And now I'm now I'm having fun. But BS competition, VCO esports channels, uh, everything or every major platform. I mean, there's always a bit of myself in there, um, and. Um, yeah i just follow us and uh, but also follow everyone in, in sim racing because we can need <laughs> every every let's say follower or supporter and um, and but things like this that you have organized here i think these are cool and important and just to to get to know the people that do something in sim racing and uh, i think there are many many of them out there and so it's really cool to give them a stage here brilliant well florian thank you very much for coming on the show um, if you want to join us for the racing, we race every Sunday night. Uh, we tend to chat for about an hour. So if you wanted to race with us, then anytime around nine o'clock, uh, we race on Assetto Corsa primarily, but it can be anything. So until next week, thank you very much. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Hey, this is Chris from Gridfinder. Thanks for listening to the Sim Sundays podcast. Head on over to gridfinder.com to find your spot on the grid and join Sim Racing Leagues for all your favorite games. Just enter your preferred game, car of choice, then let us know if you'd like to race PC, Xbox, or PlayStation, and we'll give you a list of actively recruiting leagues for you to join. And if you're a league owner, post your league on GridFinder so that you run with a full grid for every race. 
If you'd like to participate in the races featured in each episode of the Sim Sundays podcast, join our Discord server by going to gridfinder.com slash Discord. We host a new car and track combo every Sunday at 8 p.m. UK time and stream it live to our YouTube channel. If you're looking to upgrade your sim rig, visit the episode's sponsor, Track Racer, at trackracer.com. Thanks for being here.